0: Welcome back to another episode of Over the Glass.
1: I am your host, Jay. And I'm Nessa. I think I'm sick again. (laughs) Excuse me. Oh, no. It could be really bad allergies. I don't know. Who knows these days? Oh, I just
0: remembered. Did you see today that Kale McCarr is out indefinitely?
1: Yeah. That sucks for abs fans. Because the playoffs are so exciting when he's playing. What, who are they and, supposed to root for now out of all of their 10 superstars? And Ryan O'Reilly
0: is is back from from IR from his broken finger. So, oh, nice. now my original like, oh, look how hard the Leafs tried to to beef up their squad and then I think he only played for like a week and then he mm-hmm. and then he got that broken finger. Yeah. But
1: he's back. When he? it when Guess it matters. He's back now. Yeah, I guess he's back now. So we'll see if they make it out of the first round. <laughs> Meanwhile, I saw an article today about I think Curtis Pichelka posted. Is are we are we going to witness Eric Carlson's last home game as a Shark? <laughs> I saw that and then I
0: scrolled past it because <laughs> I don't have time. I don't have time for that kind of talk. Okay, just we're we're. We're grasping for straws for We're highlights this season.
1: Why must you make me like, sadder? I don't.
0: I don't need to read stuff like that. <laughs> um, so I want to start out by highlighting that the the women's world is happening right now in, in Canada. Oh and
1: yeah, I haven't been watching. C- Please update. Yeah.
0: I uh I caught a little bit of the game here and there with the US versus Japan. Good effort by Japan. But towards the end you could tell that they were they were doing a really good job of keeping up with the US, but for the most part the the shots were fifty-nine to thirteen. So they spent majority of the time defending, but good on them that they I mean the ending score was seven one, but you know, like, um, but I have to give a shout out to Miyu Masuhara, who totally stole my heart. She was the starting goalie for Japan, and she's 5'2". And she was out there just, she looked amazing in the net. They they switched up goalies midway through, but it wasn't anything that she was doing that, you know, caused them to pull pull her. But I was having a blast watching her just... They they were basically just trying their best out there to to help her out and but she was getting in there and like stopping all those shots and so yeah yeah I
1: feel I feel I don't know what the word is but it feels unfair <laughs> in certain sports like hockey where the U S is up against a country like Japan where it doesn't feel like they have the resources for hockey like we do here in the U S so it's like It's cool to grow the sport, but also, must you score seven goals against them?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, I I like to look at it as what a great opportunity for them to be on that big stage, and yeah, like, when we go to the Olympics and, like, other, you know, events like this, folks are, folks know that the U.S. and Canada are going to be the big dogs in the race, but, um, I, so, you know, like I said, when they were going against Japan, I was just looking at like, this is really cool to see, you know, this Japan team, like, you know, I felt like they were playing really well, it's just, the US was kind of like, three to four steps ahead of them, and you know, it's like, going back to what you said, it's just the resources, and like, I, 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 like, I don't know too much about the, like, I know Japan's really big with baseball, right? But as as far as like ice related, you know who's to say. But um, I thought it was really cool, and I saw earlier today. I don't remember who they went up against, but I mean that was a that was a much tighter um, game. I think it was against the the Czech team, and they kept it. I think they still lost, but it was a it was a much closer game. But um, yeah, so that's going on for like. I think a couple of weeks, so I'm gonna try and catch a few more games. It was two one. <clears> oh, <throat> ah, yeah. So good for them and exciting to, to get to watch some some women
1: uh, women's worlds in the in yeah. the next couple oh, of weeks. Just real quick on this topic, I saw um the jerseys that Canada has. It says these one of a kind jerseys feature twelve authentic fabrics from around the world and represents Brampton. Brampton's Ethnic Diversity. Designed by Sandy Carr Gill. They will be worn around the rink during Women's World. They look amazing. I want one. I'm not Canadian I, and I will represent that so hard. There was also
0: an indigenous woman who did some designs for the sticks.
1: Really? Yeah. Mhm. I love that. I love that so much. I need to Very see pretty. it. Very pretty. We'll look that up later. <laughs> so...
0: I was reading what came out the other day with now the, um, I think the Builder and the Coyotes are filing a lawsuit against the city of Phoenix because they're basically seeming like they're trying to prevent um, the Coyotes to, to build their next arena that apparently is, is rather close to, to the airport, um, citing, you know,
1: noise, noise
0: regulations and like all that stuff. Um, And it just made me think like, geez, how long has this been going on? Because I just feel like we just keep hearing about people wanting to move this team or like, you know, they've been hopping around for for a while. So I wanted to kind of take us through the history of the Coyotes. So they were founded in 1971. They were the original Winnipeg Jets. They were merged from the World Hockey Association with the NHL. And then the Jets ended up moving to Phoenix in 96 and then were renamed the Phoenix Coyotes. Um, The NHL took over the Phoenix Coyotes franchise around 2009, when their owner gave up the team filing for bankruptcy. Um, and then they found new ownership in 2013. And then despite a difficult working relationship with the Phoenix suburb of Glendale, they um, they ended their um, their stay at that facility in the 2021-22 season. Interesting note that as of 2023, the Arizona Coyotes is the league's oldest NHL franchise to have never played in the Stanley Cup Finals.
1: (gasps) Wow, I didn't know that.
0: Um, So a little more in-depth, basically in 2011, the Coyotes bidders purchased the the Atlanta Thrashers. I'm not going to go terribly in-depth in that because it is intense. There were all these potentials of... Pretty much when the previous owner filed for bankruptcy, the NHL took over, and then when the media caught wind that the NHL's pretty much been paying the bills for the Coyotes, they're like, hey, what's this about? Turned into this, like, this big, like, oh, I'll buy them, oh, I'll buy them, and then this and that, those fell through, blah, 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 all this just, like, crazy stuff. Well, now the Atlanta Thrashers become the, the quote-unquote new Winnipeg Jets. Due to the team's bankruptcy status since 2009, um, the annual revenue loss each year, and the NHL planned to move the Coyotes um, should a deal with the city for a new lease and new ownership not be decided by 2013. And then the plan was to move the franchise to a new city, likely Seattle. (laughs) But then the Glendale City Council voted that they would approve for a 15-year lease. So there was a potential that the Coyotes could have just gone back to Winnipeg, could have become the team in Seattle. 2013 through the 2014 season, they they had lackluster revenue in 2014. They apparently were getting sued because of they weren't living up to their sponsorship deal. Um, they had the second-worst record in the 2014-2015 season to the point where the city council, given they were like, hey, we're going to keep you for 15 years, they were like, no, actually we want out of this deal now. <laughs> and then they had to like negotiate and stuff, and then the city decided, okay, we'll renegotiate to keep you for two years. So then they decided to fire their GM, and then they hired um, a new guy who – Apparently, at the time, was 26 years old, so he became the youngest NHL GM of all time. Um, and then, so in 2016, the Coyotes announced a plan to build a new arena in Tempe, uh, or Tempe, how do you ever say it, Arizona, scheduled to be completed in 2019 through the 2020 NHL season, a deal that would allow the Arizona State University hockey team to you know, also use the facility. Well, then that project, um, the the university decided to back out of it. (laughs) So, fast forwarding, in 2021, the Gill River Arena chose not to renew. Also, that was the whole thing where they weren't paying their rent. And now we're here at their Mullet Arena residency, and now
1: they're suing the Phoenix, the city of Phoenix. This poor <laughs> franchise. But like, why is it still going? Why haven't they shut it down and moved it somewhere where it would have been more successful after all these years?
0: They're like the, the NHL's foster kid <laughs> who's hopping from place to place and they just want a home. They just want a
1: family. They need to find they a They just want a warm home. bed. <laughs>
0: And you know, I just, I just feel for the fans because just put yourself in, in their shoes. If like, you're just, you're just riding at the seat of your pants. You, you love this team, and you have no idea what's happening. There's nothing you can do. And yeah, there's folks saying, hey, just move the team. That's the simplest solution. But then, I, I've thought about like if the Sharks ever moved. Like I know back when move them to Oakland. The- I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't even think they have space there. Um, like when that Google Village thing was getting negotiated, oh, yeah. and the Sharks got involved because they were like, "Hey, what's that going to do?" Like as far as the construction and like you know our ability to have fans come to the arena and like all of the entertainment around there. Like, imagine if things got bad and the Sharks were like, "Well." We're going to have to leave or whatever. Like something we're going to talk about a little later that's positive. um, It's kind of hard for me to root for a team that's so far away because you kind of need, you know, especially if it's going to be like an entirely different time zone. I need that ability to like physically go and see my team. Like I'm very spoiled. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I know I'm very spoiled by saying this, but, you know, it's like, if they moved all the way back to Winnipeg or if they ended up going to Seattle at some point, like, yeah, <laughs> I think the experience would be massively different and you'd be rather
1: angry. But... Um, Disappointed for sure. Yeah. I think the, the whole <laughs> Arizona fan base just needs a collective hug.
0: <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. But... That's kind of what's going down in Arizona right now. Like,
1: so there is a
0: giant soap opera going on, and it is, it is, it looks pretty exhausting.
1: But like, what um, if? What if? Okay, <laughs> conspiracy theories. <laughs> what if Matthews decides to leave Toronto and then he signs with the Coyotes because that's where he grew up playing, and then it saves the franchise? Can you imagine? What a story. <laughs> So far, that's not looking like a likely story.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think he'd rather win a cup than uh, save to a team from leaving his his home state. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of really all the thoughts I have on that. And just
1: nice big hug to all of you. <laughs> not sure what else to say, but sorry. <laughs>
0: Um, maybe if ne- if one of us was a was a Raider fan, maybe we'd know what that's like. <laughs> no, I'm <good. laughs> Um. So on to other stuff. What stuff? Pride. So the the Kings are gonna play oh, the yes. Frozen Fury, Fury with with the Sharks for a preseason game, which I think that would be really cool for for the uh, state of Utah.
1: Yeah, well, also apparently the the Kings have been doing this since or at least having a preseason game since 2016, I think, if I remember correctly. The Frozen Fury. I guess Fury... I have to pay attention to the Kings to know that. I know right. No, I didn't know either until I read the article <laughs> cuz the Frozen Fury is specific to the LA Kings where they used to play in Vegas. And then when the team... I think the last time they played in Vegas was the year that Vegas came into the league. And then they moved it to Salt Lake City. But this is the first time they'll be playing the Sharks since they started it. That's why we haven't heard about it. <laughs> Makes sense. Can't go to that, though. Sorry. Hope it's fun. <laughs> it's too far.
0: <laughs> um. So I just wanted to... Let folks know that your you guys' chat on on Hockey oh, yes. Tomorrow the other day was very, I, I found it very insightful. Yes. You guys did a very good job. Yeah, so if folks haven't catched that, um, that Twitter spaces, we will put a link out there once again. It's recorded. You can go check it out. There's a lot of great information, a lot of uh, coming from Queer Voices, from from different walks of life. I will say that actually my favorite s- sections or, or talking points that you guys had was the part where you got in depth um, with religion. Really? Cause coming, yeah, because I mean, I'm agnostic. So okay. I don't, like my family, yeah, like they're Catholic, but I didn't grow up that way. None of the the, the the ways my mom raised us was based specifically on religion. I was never told you need to do this because of Christ or, you know, anything like that. So hearing from you guys' perspective, I think, is very important to debunk all of that whole for religious reasons, I can't support the queer community, um... And so I just found it really interesting because I can't relate to that, but I know I've seen like stories of folks who are queer and really in 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 tune with their faith, and when they have to leave the church, it's it's such a big part of who uh, who they are that it's it's pretty devastating, and I feel sorry for folks like that because. Like I can tell how how sad it makes them, and yeah. I can't relate to it, and so it's,
1: um, yeah, yeah. I uh, if you guys haven't caught the recording, please do. We go more in depth, but quickly, I'll say that I did grow up Catholic. I uh, wasn't like super super strict into it, um, but my parents kind of were, uh, because they are you know traditional Latinos coming from El Salvador. Um, and so they grew up with certain values, and they kind of, like, taught us that growing up, but growing up in the States, it it just changes your perspective on everything, because there's, like, obviously more diversity, not just in, like, uh, different races, but, like, different religions, so it's kind of hard, it was, it was hard for us growing up to believe, like, oh, there's only one God, there's only one religion that you should be following, and this and that, when you have friends who, who follow different things, you know? Um, but... Yeah, it basically comes down to the fact that me and my siblings had to teach my parents how to overcome the, uh, I don't want to say hatred, but like, (laughs) they were very against us being queer when we came out, Um, and we had to teach them that this is not something that we're doing to hurt them, and it's just who we are, and it took them years to come around, and they're still working on some things, but I mean... They're in a better spot now than they were when we first came out, you know. Yeah. And
0: secondarily, I I really liked Jude's like rundown on the the Russian lottery. Very, law very organized. So if you really want like super, like you said, organized, composed argument for it, go check it out. Cause Jude did a really good job. So applause all around. <laughs>
1: Woo! Jude is such a lawyer. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Um, next on the list is what uh, Tyson Berry. I think we're fans of Tyson Berry now, right? He says For sure. the importance of Pride Night and the team's unanimous decision to wear blah 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 warm ups tonight versus Vegas. When was this? The fourth, two days ago. Oh yes, we're recording on a different day because. I'm going to be on the road ne- next week, so that's going to be fun. Um, so anyways, Tyson Berry's quote says, I think it's an awesome initiative. It's something that really, that's really close to my heart. I've got family members and best friends in the community, and there's a little bit of frustration on my end with what's transpired this year with everything. I think I know how hard it can be for people to come out and live their authentic lives, and I hope that none of the stuff that's gone on has pushed anybody back, any young kids who are thinking about it. So I'm just really, really excited that everyone on the team is going to participate. But it comes down to it again, right? He personally knows people who are queer, so he knows how queer people are being affected by this stuff and why it's so important to have conversations with, with queer folks.
0: Yeah, he's friends with uh, with Bane, who's on the Alphabet Sports Collective um, board. Yes. so um so other things in 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 pride night news the blues announced that um this past week that they were gonna hold their pride night and you know they they did a lot of good things they had the pre the pre-game warm-ups with the pride themed warm-up pucks and the rainbow sticks and the And then they had a theme graphics to lookalikes, a former winner of Pride Idol singing the National Anthem, and a moment of recognition for an LGBTQIA plus Boeing service member of the game. And then they did for theme tickets. They gave a Pride theme crossbody bag for, for folks, and they had mystery pucks and... Um t-shirts and game use warm-up pucks that they would have for sale to benefit Pride St. Louis and you can play project. And then they also had some pride t-shirts. Again, those proceeds would go to Pride um, St. Louis. and then they had some theme drinks, uh, courtesy of Tito's vodka. And then they also had a table run by the Blues own LGBTQIA. Plus employee resource group, which I thought was really nice um, and pretty much just, you know, a lot of material um, to, to hand out and provide information to folks. Uh, my only negative or silly thought with how they announced this was in the past they've done jerseys mm-hmm. and then they said that they weren't going to do jerseys so that they could focus on other ways to support the community which I'm like okay I'm happy that you're supporting the community but like you can like walk and talk at the same time like obviously exhibit A the entire west coast yeah. did walking and talking so but I'm just mostly um, poking fun at how they worded that because I found that a little silly
1: Yeah, at this point like I don't know this organization the way we know the Sharks, right? Like, I don't know how... Like, it seems like they're putting in a decent effort to support the community. Um, And so the decision could be they didn't want the negative press if more than one... Like, even one player, but if more than one player decided they don't want to wear the jerseys, and it becomes this whole story about that instead of everything they're doing for the community instead. So... And that's know. implying that they have somebody yeah so
0: yeah it's a lot of speculation and i'm i'm trying not to i'm just poking fun at the
1: statement <laughs> yeah. well happy that they still held a pride night and did stuff Hmm. so half yay because i you know it's the blues like whatever no, i'm just kidding <laughs> um what <clears> the <throat> jets also had a pride night I didn't read about the stuff that they did, um but it looks like they also partnered with You can Play and the Rainbow Resource Center uh, yeah, they did a lot of similar things that the blues
0: did um but they wore however, the jerseys. they did wear jerseys yeah. um they had they, had they had a local self published booklet um by the other skaters zine with photos and stories focusing on skateboarders who are s2 lgbtq plus that's cute yeah i want it (laughs) oh and then they had the rainbow um, harmony project which is a winnipeg's choir for the community and their allies who sang the uh, national anthem
1: that's so cute (gasps) oh no never mind are we talking about toronto yet (laughs) uh we're getting there now we can talk about them because I saw that Toronto actually had a, a drag performance during... Uh, I don't know if it was intermission or something. But I was all for it, man. They, that was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. They did the decals. Uh, historically, they've never worn the jerseys. So you can't really get mad at them for that. Um, But it seemed like they did some really good stuff.
0: So I, I did see the, uh, a number of Leafs fans... Um, we're, uh, you know, rightfully frustrated that because one person, Samsonov for yeah. the citing the, the Russian law thing, decided he could not wear the decal. And, you know, we've seen like with the Sharks and with other teams that have um had a player who backed out for first either religious or for the Russian law reason that ends up becoming the the talk but yeah like when that was happening with the sharks I was getting frustrated because I'm like I don't like for one I while I appreciate that our local um, guys who who follow the sharks and report on them were asking and were clearly being you know supportive of the community. It's like a double-edged sword. And why in in the hell are you asking somebody who obviously does not support the queer community what they think of trans people? Obviously they already don't support the community. Why do we need to know specifically why don't you support these specific people? We don't we don't need to know that. Yeah. I appreciate that you're trying to, you know, like get those quotes and whatever, but there's at a certain point it almost feels like it, it's more for you to publish a story than to provide information for the folks who are hurting from this um, from this incident. And I feel like, in that sense, that's where I kind of felt for Toronto Maple Leafs fans who were trying to focus on all the really, actually really, really great things that the Leafs do outside of having never worn the jerseys. And I think... While the jerseys are really nice, I look forward to them because, you know, they're support fun. artists and they're just really beautiful. I thought it was really great that the Leafs had a decal on their helmet for the entire game yeah. because no one has done something like that. You know, the closest maybe is Curtis Gabriel keeping the the pride um, tape on his stick.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he did it. And he did it initially because he didn't want to bother taking it off. But you know, but this was a proactive um, thought. To hey, let's put this decal on there. And you know, like during during the broadcast, you know, every now and then you zoom into the players and stuff like that. And you just imagine if someone, you know, like me when I was thirteen, just randomly flipping through the TV, come across.
1: A hockey game and you see that and you're like, wait, hang on, what's they going on? Me, what? Yeah. How how much easier is it to get fans that way? <laughs> I think everyone should do decals. That's gonna be the new Jersey thing. Decals all around. Do all of it. <laughs> <laughs> jerseys. All of it. Decals, tape. all the things. Make it all
0: rainbow. Wear the jerseys during the game. <gasps>
1: What a thought. I know. <laughs> oh my god. I don't get why they don't. They do it in the AHL.
0: Because we're already having this problem with them just wearing them at warm-ups. <laughs> I no, I know, but like... Like, even for other,
1: <laughs> for other events, it hasn't really been discussed. I don't know. Whatever. That's a different conversation. <laughs> Good on you, Leafs. Good on you, Jet. Do you want to go ahead and talk about the Alphabet Sports Collective?
0: Yeah, so there was an article that came out from Sportsnet. I just wanted to pull some um, quotes that I thought were good to highlight some things that the Alphabet Sports Collective are planning to do. And this is from Bain, who is speaking about the um, Alphabet Sports Collective's program called Ambassador Program um the quote is we're onboarding them educating them it's not just a click bait thing we're actually going to educate them so that they can speak on these issues and be a voice and help them understand what the community goes through and what the community faces um and so pretty much what that is is from brock quote let's say i talk on issues i might be in an echo Chamber in a sense most people who follow me follow me because they know what I do and what I'm talking about Whereas when some of our ambassadors put stuff out there, whether it's like a Pierre LeBron or Morgan Riley or anyone else Well, they have fans who might not engage with the LGBTQ plus community They have fans who might be oppressive towards the community But now those fans might critically think about what they're saying and doing because of people they watch on TV every day or their favorite hockey player is saying, um, no, I support this. So that way, folks understand that, you know, you're not just labeling yourself an ally like you're you're actually going through the motions of really like deconstructing like what you what you've been taught to think about the community. And I think this ambassador program is really gonna help to, like, like the quote said from Brock, it's not coming from just Brock. Like we follow Brock, we understand, and stuff like that, but people who are not humanized to experience are not necessarily gonna follow Brock to understand that they're just gonna follow him to troll him and to say hateful things versus if you're following these guys who initially you're like oh i'm a really big fan of this hockey player and now this hockey player joins this ambassador program and now they start talking about these things here and there you're gonna start reading this stuff and it's probably gonna take a little bit you're probably gonna like be like resistant towards it but it helps to Kind of like I don't, for lack of a better word, like infiltrate Mm -hmm. the spaces that otherwise folks would like never interact with you in the first place. It's
1: the gay agenda.
0: Yeah, (laughs) of course, always comes back to to the gay agenda.
1: Uh, Well said. Yeah, I agree. It it's like a, a Curtis Gabriel is like the bridge between the hetero hockey bros. And the queer hockey fans and such because who in the who in the league is out right now you know (laughs) kind of helps bridge it together and to have maybe he has a voice where they can understand where we're coming from fun segments buffalo sabers have this new segment called between two stalls that jeff skinner basically writes and hosts and it's amazing it's hilarious i love it so much he is a complete dork in the best way <laughs> i think the first and the third episode um, got me laughing like legitimately out loud <laughs> i think i we felt did... the same
0: way <laughs> is it the one about the nepotism uh i can't remember i forgot who um was the guest but his dad is like part of like the flyers organization and jeff skinner was just like what are your thoughts on nepotism yeah. <laughs> and he's like i don't know what that is <laughs> and and then he's like but i agree and he's like uh okay
1: oh oh this is the one from the dude who was from alaska or something and he set up he he put up like oh all those north pole jokes oh my god and the santa claus joke it's like no, he's like, I got a picture of your brother. <laughs> it's Buddy the Elf, it's so stupid. I don't know, we need more I of I mean, this. this basically seems
0: like a lot of stuff that they probably like poke fun at each other in the locker room and then they decided like might as well clip it into this like silly um, segment and, and share with their fans, which they should and I'm enjoying it and I wish other teams would do something like this. Yeah. Because it's like, like you know, I don't follow the Sabres, but now I'm like, who are these
1: guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start following the Sabres because of this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's nice because we always talk about how hockey players have absolutely no personalities because their interviews are so bland and vanilla and blah. But this is fun. Like, they have personalities. Showcase that. The Sharks do... Uh behind-the-scenes type thing where it's called off days Well, they'll choose a player um for an episode and then they'll follow them around to see what they do on their off days again it's fun you get a little sneak peek into their lives when they're not being hockey players um the most recent one was of kapokakkanen apparently he cooks he like makes his own pasta from scratch and everything and yeah it's fun like cook with a cook with a shark that could be like a a season ticket holder thing <laughs> next season.
0: I would do well, I don't know, depending on who you get paired with. True. Ferraro, you know, his YouTube channel, every now and then he would show folks, oh, this is what I cook for breakfast in the morning. He's at least at the level of where I can cook. We can we can both cook for each other and neither one of us
1: would complain. I am kind of the same way. I don't I don't like to cook. I like it is a chore for me. I cook out of necessity. Or I did when I was in Vancouver. Here, Chrissy spoils me and she cooks for me because she likes it and I don't. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. There's just something about standing there when you're hungry and you're waiting for this food to like finish cooking, and you're just like, I just need it now. Anyways, this is fun. Check that out too. It's not funny per se, but it's fun.
0: The Boston Bruins had like a behind the scenes thing. I think this is part of their behind. The B, I want to say, but I could. Oh, yeah, it says hashtag behind the B. They were. I think the Vancouver Canucks did something like this earlier in the season, where they showed some behind the scenes in relation to the video coaches, which I thought that was really cool. Um, The one for the Canucks, they were showing like during the game. They like cut clips. They've got some like iPad looking thing, where I think it's just like set. To certain like categories, so that they can prep all of the stuff dur- that happens during the game. So the next day or whatever, the 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 coaches will have whatever they need on hand to like go over the game, like point out all the stuff that they need to work on and X Y Z. The video coaches are also the ones that when the, they want to do like a coach's challenge for like you know offside or something like that. This is like the folks that are the ones reviewing it and telling yeah. the coach, yes, do this
1: or don't do that. And then a video about Flurry, Marc-Andre Fleury.
0: So I actually really like the The Coming Wild series. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier that like, which, what kind of video content is my favorite? And I think if I have to choose between, you know, like the TikTok-y type videos to the the short form ones that they do um like the between two stalls or these more long form ones where they really kind of like really tell a story i think i have to say these ones that doesn't
1: surprise me why is that you're more of a serious person and these are more serious videos (laughs) i
0: i think because of the I'm really intrigued by how the players prepare for the game and just like little things that go on behind the scenes. I just find it so fascinating that you're not going to see in such a short, like short form clip or like their fun little Tik TOKy things Like you see the personality side of it, which I think are really nice with those ones. And then these ones I'm just like, really like, wow, that's so cool to see that and stuff like that. Like specifically with Flory, cause he's, A goalie, and like I can say that preparation for me as a skater versus goalie are like night and day. I've seen Brandon Holpe's behind the scenes type of thing, and it's entirely different. And then, like, the Sharks did something with like HBO a while back when we were going to the Cup. Did they? Like a whole series. Really? Yeah. Which I thought was really awesome. (laughs) I mean, I know we don't have much to talk about these days, but like, I was I was in love with all that, and I think like the Capitals had one some time ago. Like it was a whole series.
1: Well, the Sharks do the the Deep series, and they actually stopped it for a few years, but I I think they brought it back this year or last year. But they only did a couple of episodes. Yeah, this
0: was like an eight eight part series. Oh, like the whole road to the cup. Type of thing. Oh, I haven't. Yeah. I don't
1: think I've watched it.
0: Yeah. All right. Behind
1: the scenes stuff is always fun. And last but not least, the Bay is getting some women's soccer. I'm so excited. I hope it's closer to me. I don't want to have to go all the way to San Jose for all these sports teams. They're that sucks. The only one, <laughs> <laughs> the only team close enough to me are the A's. And I don't even support the A's. Like, they're not my team. Like, I don't mind them. But I'm a Giants fan. So I have to go all the way to the city, all into that traffic. <laughs> and everyone else is down in the South Bay. Even the Niners moved. What is that about? Anyways, Bay Area team, women's soccer. It's I'm excited. It's not going to happen Starting next year. next year. I don't know when next year, but next year. Probably spring, huh? <laughs> Yeah, whenever whenever their season starts, I guess. Because MLS I guess starts I am going to get more familiar with that. <laughs> well, we didn't have a reason to tune in. I'm just kidding. I kind of followed the um, the wave this year. The last year was their first year. And they did pretty well. They made playoffs and everything. I don't know. I'm excited for this. I need to get back into too. soccer.
0: I'm excited for just... I will. I will buy all the apparel of of whatever the the logo is of the name. Hopefully, it's a good one. Hopefully, hopefully they do like what the Seattle Kraken did and get like the the Bay Area involved. To yeah, did the Sharks do that too? Probably. I, I don't remember what the choices I was, were. I was like, what? How old when that happened? I wasn't even born yet. So I, I was <laughs> hockey wasn't even on my radar at the time. Me neither. <laughs> um, I think. I think when they started, I was moving to California. Really? (laughs) So so everything California related was just like a complete blur to me. (laughs) When my family was getting ready to move to New York, one of my best friends, I remember, was incredibly sad. And I kept telling her like oh it's not so bad like I had no concept of you're moving to California and I'm like oh it's not so bad it's just across the country
1: it's not so bad
0: was like so sad and I'm like I don't know why you're sad
1: it's not so bad (laughs) and then you never saw her again (laughs) yeah I never saw her again (laughs) that sucks I guess it was so bad huh anyways um I really hope they pick a cute color scheme because me and my colors and it seems like they I don't I don't want it to be another pink because both, um, SoCal teams are pink. Let's do let's do a. I'm cool with a light teal, a mint green. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it's good though.
0: I can't. I was thinking something like a like a slate with like a more um, like a, brighter color slate like gray.
1: Like blue, like a blue gray, with some gray. kind of with like opposite a opposite color, like a highlighter green to match. That sounds good.
0: Wait, that sounds a bit like Seattle Kraken.
1: <laughs> no, because wait a minute. <laughs> no, not the Kraken because they don't no. have they don't have green. It would be more like the Seahawks, and we don't want to do that. You're right. Um, mm. I don't know. There's just something about the highlighter green. In soccer, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. We'll keep you. We'll keep you all updated once we get updates. <laughs> <laughs> Reporting exciting today. because I
0: thought I thought it was gonna be much longer, but mm. now it's like,
1: yeah, I think it's here. It's coming. It just makes sense for them to be in San Jose because they already have a field down there with the earthquake, but they can use. You can use where the A's you can use your backyard. For- no, not my backyard. <laughs> the high school. No, just kidding. <laughs> Imagine. I don't have to go anywhere. They just play right here. <laughs> just just set out one of your lawn chairs. I will be the only participant.
0: Lounging in your bed. Just open up the window. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God. Like that hotel in Europe where, where you, op- you go through the door and the ice rink is right there. I forgot where that was at. In Finland, maybe? Did you see that tweet? Somebody had a video. They were going through their hotel room, and they were like, I'm going to open the door. And they went through the door, and it's, like, the entire ice rink. Like, the arena. Like, the the hotel rooms are attached to the arena. I was like, what the heck? Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: Yes. (laughs) Woohoo! Yes. Yes. Women's soccer, finally! Exciting! I hope we get a because big name. How, how many how many
1: teams are already down in, in SoCal? Is it two? I think it's only two. They got LA and San it's Diego. It's too, too many. It's <laughs> a heavily populated area. It makes sense. But why is the Bay always This last? is a heavily populated area, too. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Why is the Bay last? Yes. I would I would not be so
0: upset if they got one first and then we got one next, but the fact that they got another one before, I'm like, what gives? Hello, we don't
1: even have a <laughs>
0: WNBA team. That's the next step. And
1: then we're gonna talking. grow.
0: <gasps> we're gonna grow more women's professional sports, and and the next will be the WNBA, and then I will have way too many sports that I have to watch I
1: know. because not enough time. Yeah.
0: Okay. That is all we have for you today.
1: <laughs> Until next time. So,
0: yes. So, go check out the uh, Twitter spaces that happened last week with your uh, very own. Oh, but we're putting well, this next gonna be week by the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> with, uh, with Nessa and three of our other fellow Hockey of Tomorrow contributors, a lot of great discussion around the queer experience, and specifically around and Pride Night stuff, which we need more of those conversations. So if you're looking for those conversations, we had a whole hour for you.
1: In uh, 16 minutes.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay.
1: Thanks for joining us. So, yep. Bye. Have a good
0: day. Bye.